Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by the Langshire Post. This week we'll be discussing Frankie McAvoy's permanent appointment, what must happen next for North End, the club's statement, and we have a look across the rest of the league. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, how are we doing? I'm all right, thank you, Tom. Yeah. So uh, this season finishing Milwaukee, I'm sort of just trying to wind down <laughs> a little bit, you know. So get yourself off your, your summer summer break. Ah, do we get one? You off for a month? <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish. <laughs> no, no. Here, here most of the time, anyway. Yeah, we're a day later this week because uh, I wasn't very well. So, yeah, how are uh, you? I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, keeping my food down, which is the main thing. Marvellous, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Anyone listening to this while having the yeah. tea, I'm sure they were really there glad to hear that, Tom. That's anyway. what you wanted. Yeah. I'm, I'm now keeping things down. Jolly good. That's what everyone wanted to know. Yeah. Uh, but moving swiftly on from, well, Your my stomach. food. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, about what was it? An hour and a half after we last recorded, mm-hmm. when we were talking about yeah, I think weren't you saying how much you wanted Gareth Ainsworth, Dave? <laughs> uh, that's what you were saying. <laughs> and uh, Frankie McAvoy, yeah, permanent head coach at PNE. It wasn't unexpected, was it? You yeah. know, so it was, it was just you know when the it, when the timing was going to be. They, they mm. finished the the last game a week last Saturday, and then minds were going to sort of turn to it last week sometime and he did it very early in the week Monday afternoon got him appointed it, it, it's not a surprise was it his, his record spoke for itself five wins two draws and a defeat it, it, it really on paper it was really difficult to look beyond him yeah it almost seemed like a, a formality in the end didn't it I mean we've been speaking about it for weeks I mean most North End fans will have been and it kind of got as things went on it just kind of got more and more it kind of has to be Frankie. It has mm. to be Frankie. Well, oh, well, well, let's see how he does in this game. Oh, he's won again. Oh, well, then it has to be Frankie. Well, let's see how he does in this. Oh, he's done well again. And it's, it just kind of ended up being that it it had to be him for the job, really, didn't it? And, yeah. and it's funny because we were recording, obviously, similar time last week saying, oh, well, let's see what they do. We expect something soon, but we'll see, blah, blah, blah. Since then, he's been appointed. We've spoken to him. We've spoken to Galley as the first team coach. Spoken to Steve Thompson and the, the whole like the new coaching setup. It's all kind of happened quite quickly and and all quite uh, quite organised and things really, hasn't it? All gelled together, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. We we keep being told that football is a results industry. He got the results, mm-hmm. didn't he? In the end, you know, if you if you were going to have a look at it in a different way, it was a if you were going to look at a restructure of a club and a total sort of change of culture and a change of the squad you might have thought it might have been someone else but mm. basing it on the fact that 
you know, the, the Frankie McAvoy had an audition and was told if he did well, you would be considered for the job. He's done it. Which it didn't wasn't go down particularly well at the time either, did it? No, really? no. I remember I wrote a piece straight after it saying he will be given the chance to get it, and it was a, taken with a little bit of cynicism. Well, that's what they say about all caretaker managers or mm. interims, and but it, in the end, it did turn out to be that way. It was. It was sold to him on that idea, you know. He, he wasn't just being given the sort of caretaker's coat to, you know, wear and keep the manager's seat warm while he waited for someone else to come in. It was a genuine chance to get it if he got the results, and he did. Mm. Hence why, in the end, it was a bit of a, a foregone conclusion. Now, some people did want an outside appointment. You know, I, I said myself, I said, if they were going to go down the outside route... I would have liked Gareth Ainsworth, but the more McAvoy did the job and the results came, you couldn't argue against it, you know, and I'm totally supportive of it. Yeah, and we said most of the season that, you know, these players aren't bad players overnight, and it was just a case of finding the right formula, the, the right combination that got the best out of them, and to be fair to Frankie, he came in, a team that was failing, mm -hmm. turned it around entirely, played some of the best teams in the division, mm -hmm and gave more than what he got. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, I think probably he guided them up to, what, 13th place finish, mm -hmm. which is probably probably what North End are. When you look at that division, mm -hmm. it's, they're about halfway, aren't they? The, 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 they were too good to go down. I don't yeah. think they were going to go down. Um, you know, even when there was a change of manager... It was Rotherham's issues, you know, the fact that they had mm. four games in hand, which was like a little bit worrying. And Derby were doing the best to go down as well, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. And might still yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> but they, they were never going to go down. I mean, when you look at it, when you look at the sides that are in the playoffs, Bar Barnsley have come, you know, mm. shot up the division. It was the ones you expected to be up there. And on, the, you know, over the course of a season, having like, comparing squads, North End probably they're not in the same ballpark, mm -hmm. are they? Now that said, North End have beaten all four playoff teams this year. Yeah, but um, taken four points off Bournemouth, three off Barnsley, three off Swansea, three off uh, Brentford, and two off the two champions. Off, two off, yeah, the champions. It was just Watford in second place who they mm. lost both games to. Um, so, yeah, so by saying, yeah, they're not good enough to be in that top bracket, it, it's all about consistency, isn't mm. it? And, and uh, what, what I'm saying is, North End finishing 13th, I think, is about right. You know, if, if North End had finished anywhere sort of between the sort of 10th to 14th bracket, 15th bracket, it's about where they are, I think. Yeah, and I feel like every season, North End will finish above one or two sides that spend more than them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But will also finish comfortably below others yeah, that yeah. do spend more. I mean, most teams are going to spend more, but mm -hmm. there's. Always, I mean, look at the, the amount of money Forrest spend, for example. Yeah. There will be always, in, in a season, teams that throw money at it and it doesn't click, it mm -hmm. doesn't gel, it just doesn't work. Whereas others, like, say, I don't know, Bournemouth, there's a lot of money in there and, and people like that. Swansea took a bit of money at it. Watford, Norwich they will get it right mm -hmm. and North End will never be able to match the teams that throw money at it and get it right. And a lot of the time as well, you've got parachute money in there. Mm. North End are in that bracket of clubs, aren't they? There's Preston, there's Blackburn, yeah. Luton are in it now. Yeah. I think they've done particularly well, actually. Probably Stoke yeah. as well. Stoke. Although they do spend a bit, but yeah, still. Yeah, in that middle, yeah, Stoke, that middle bracket, got your forest down there, you know, it, it, within that now. Bristol City came up with North End. I've said mm. this time and time again, 
North End and Bristol City have mirrored each other at times. You know, North End have always had the upper place finish compared to Bristol City most of the time since yeah. they came up together. But again, it's sort of a similar expectation that, you know, they should be doing a little, you know, should be doing a bit better pushing higher up, challenging more consistently for the playoffs. And it's not it's not happened there. And um, it's obviously not happened with North End either. I reckon if you look from probably about 9th to 15th. Yeah. So um, QPR, Middlesbrough, Millwall, Luton, PNE, Stoke, Blackburn. Yeah. They're the kind of, they are the middle of the road teams. Yeah. Then below... Coventry, you feel like that probably could have gone either way. They were very happy just to stay up. Forest probably would be higher, but just haven't had a good they've, enough season. They've underachieved massively. Yeah, mm-hmm. Birmingham, Bristol City, Huddersfield, Derby, and then it's the the relegated three. And then above above those nine, you look at Cardiff and Reading. You think both genuinely playoff contenders, so you kind of discount them. So it is that QPR, Borough, Millwall, Luton, North End, Stoke, and Rovers that you think. They're probably the the teams every year that, or at least one or two of them will threaten yeah. and fall away, and at least one or two of them will flirt with the relegation zone mm-hmm. and correct themselves. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, since you know the, the, these last three or four years, this is the first season North End have flirted really mm-hmm. at, in the second half of the season, worrying about what's below them. Yeah. A couple of seasons ago, Alex Neal's second season, for example, they, they had a bad start. Yeah, it took a while, they, didn't it? They were bottom for a bit, but they recovered with a sort of one defeat in nine or ten about November, October, November, December, so that by Christmas they were back in mid-table. Then they went on a cracking unbeaten run second half of the season. Mm. And got as high as seventh at one, play, one point. But this is the first time... They've really been looking over their shoulders after Christmas, you know, the bad run in January, February into March. Mm-hmm. The other times they've had a flirt with the with the playoffs, haven't they? You know, you saw what you were saying about there would be some clubs who will flirt with the, with yeah. the promotion, uh, others will flirt with relegation. So, North End, to be fair to them, have tended to be in that first bracket of flirting. Yeah. But that middle group, the fact we're a middle group is because of consistency. There's mm-hmm. not been the consistency there. If you think... Winning the last four games of this season just finished was the first time they'd won four games on the bounce uh, since 2016, since mm. Simon Grayson was in charge, the first season up in the Championship. Now, if you're going to be up there pushing for promotion, at some point you're going to have had to have put a good run together, better than sort of three wins on the bounce. You know, you want four, fives and sixes a yeah. couple of times, don't you? Yeah. Mixed in with some draws. Yeah, you're going to lose games. Of course you are. Yeah, but it's that, those unbeaten that, runs. Yeah, is that, you know, those... Not necessarily winning, winning loads and loads, but no. you've got to stay on... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but at you some point you've got to put more, you know, I think the, be- the best... Re- the best run under Alex Neal was he, he, he won three games on the bounce four or five times, I think mm. it was, which is not bad, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, the draw as well can be a really good one, but, um, you know, but at some point, if you're really going to push there, you, could, you can do with five or six wins on the bounce. And, you know, you, teams are capable of that. Mm. You know, it's not an impossible dream, is it, that? so? Yeah, I think if you look at, like, just finishing off on that point, Middlesbrough this season kind of flirted with the with the playoffs. Millwall have in the past. Luton have have flirted with the relegation zone as, I think as as near as last season when Nathan Jones came in and That and was their first season up, wasn't them. it? I think they've settled really yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, when North, last season when the season restarted, North End's first game was at Luton. Yeah. I think Luton um, Yeah, they put um Nathan Jones in charge during mm. the lockdown. It was, Graham Jones was the first manager to be sacked without 
playing at the time yeah. and Nathan Jones was put in charge and they they were at bottom when North End played them and they got out of it mm. and, and to be fair Barnsley did as well didn't they Barnsley were in the bottom three yeah. and then they, they got out of it yeah but yeah. so cr- credit to two of last season's teams who battled to get out of it yeah and then obviously Rovers were promoted in early October. on in the season yeah fantastic so they, achievement that God knows how they've been relegated yeah. back into the championship uh, yeah so. they, they flirted with yeah, it and, and yeah. Stoke I think with when Martin O'Neill had uh, Michael O'Neill Michael sorry O'Neil, I, yeah. I did that last time didn't I um, <laughs> When Michael O'Neill initially came in, they were in the playoffs for a little bit and yep. you, you half fancied them. So like, every club around there has it in them. It's whether they can last the piece and mm. generally they just they yeah. just can't. But how does Frankie McAvoy make North End last the piece next season? That's it. With the help of some signings, he's got a formula. I think he'll stick to it. When we spoke to him last week, he said, oh, I'm open-minded about um, formations. It's what personnel you've got available. Yeah, he does but like I, the diamond, I but, think. Yeah, he, he mentioned it, he didn't he? He mentioned the diamond, but I've very... Yeah, we me- might see it. But then he mentioned the diamond was too gung-ho at times. I yeah. suppose it depends who you play it against. Going going against going against the league leaders, of course, they shed a lot of gold <laughs> yeah. and have Pookie and... Booth, with the, with a winger in centre midfield, yeah, <laughs> um, it might have been a bit gung ho, but I think I think I think with the right personnel, we'll yeah. see it next season. At times, yeah, I do think he'll favour the three-five-two. I hope but, so. Yeah, but I, because it's worked so well for yeah. him, um, so but he'll want a plan B up his sleeve, and that could be the diamond sometimes. And mm. I, I wouldn't be averse to that. I think you worked do, in the past. You do what? You, yeah, you do want your team to have. Um, an identity mm. and maybe North End do need to play with with limited resources with what they've got available it would suit them down to the ground they can play two up front because he, he does he does want to play two up front yeah. um, whatever the formation he's not going to play a straight 4-4-2 four, four, mm. and leave themselves exposed in midfield hence the diamond might be a way of doing it pinching the wingers in and whatever uh, but if, you know that that's a good alternative but I, um so there's no harm in having two or three formations up your up your sleeve, but do it for the best intent. You know, change formation because you think that will benefit you mm. rather than it will benefit the team to play against who you're playing against. I think that's against. been a difference of Frankie, yeah. hasn't it? I think yeah. Alex Neal, there was a lot... Frankie still bears in mind the opposition and still you've does make to, changes every team it doesn't but matter who you are you've got to bear in mind who you played and yeah. have that in your mind but to, I just think, I to think obsess Alex Neil yeah. went too far yeah. didn't he to almost obsess over it yeah. and the whole approach was this is what they're going to do this is how we'll play in response Sometimes you got to do. You, you do have you, you, you no, to back yourself. Yeah, but you got to give that a little bit of respect to the opposition. Look, they're a good side. We've got you know he, he'll do this, he'll do that. Yeah. They, they like doing that. Bear that in mind, but then put your strengths up against their strengths. You yeah. know, and think well. You got to back your strengths first, yeah. while being aware what the opposition are going to it's do. It's almost like that. We'll score one more than you sort of mentality, yeah. isn't it? It's like yeah, you've got good players, but yeah. we've got good players. Yeah. So let's see. Well, what well, we can it do. doesn't always work in every game. If yeah. it worked for everyone, you wouldn't. You know. No one would lose a game of football, yeah, would they? Exactly. <laughs> so, but I mean, I like I like the three five two, yeah. and uh, from what w- when we spoke to him, he did uh, to me he did seem like he the 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 diamond was kind of if he had to pick a formation, mm-hmm. that's what he wanted. Yeah. But it didn't work, so he yeah. changed it and found something that did work. Mm-hmm. I think we'll probably come on to recruitment and what needs to happen in the summer. But given the right personnel, I think that diamond will definitely come out. Yeah. Um, I think the three five two, in my opinion, is what 
they should be aiming towards. Get yeah. getting the right personnel for a three five two, the right depth. Obviously need far more strikers than they currently have. Genuine wing backs, probably on both sides. Um if you're going to leave Andrew Hughes inside, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably better than yeah. a wing back, and then, I mean, to to, to finance some of this, do you shift a couple of big names on? Not necessarily big. Not got that big a name to shift on, but I think in if, terms of in the squad, though, yeah, and and the money, yeah, I think I think where you can where you can there will be a little bit of money to play with, I think, and then. When you look at the squad, I, I was writing it down the other day. They've, they've got 30 first-teamers on at the moment. Now, that includes the four lads who've just taken on as pros this year, yep. who you think won't be ready for the squad this time. Hopefully, they'll just get loans. they get a good loan somewhere and a good quality loan. Then that 30 also includes Jack Baxter and Adam O'Reilly, who are currently out on loan in Ireland at Cork and Waterford. Um, Waterford. So... They're presumed, I think they're due back pre-season because the Irish seat, I think they're, they're, they're on loan at the moment for half the Irish season. Mm. Might be possibility of bringing them back for pre-season and seeing how they're yeah, doing. Yeah, look at them. Yeah, so in t- and then you've got Ethan Walker as well coming back from loan at Carlisle. Um, so when it comes to the 25-man squad, that only applies to players over the age of 21. And mm. I think at the moment they're operating about 22-23 on that score. Now, you've got three goalkeepers in there at the moment. Um, so, if Daniel Everson came in, that would make four. So, you'd be thinking Connor Ripley might be moving out, etc. Yeah. You know? um, this includes, that number includes people like Josh Harrop and Jaden Stockley coming back. Josh, Josh Earl, Earl coming back on loans. What you're saying about wing back before, Earl could be a good option yeah. as a backup, you know, down that yeah. side or to try and, with Greg so Cunningham, Cunningham down that left. Yeah, yeah. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I have nothing against Josh Hill coming back. I think he, mm-hmm. he could make a, a very good player at some point. How he, many times can he come back and not make the grade, though? Yeah, well, exactly. That's that, the that, only... That's I, I, yeah. I Don't get me wrong, I yeah. love him, and I'd, I'd love to see he'd him be do a, well. He's been a bit unlucky with injuries. I don't think he's been... He's been a bit unlucky with his loan spells as well. You mm. know, like, he, he went to Burton with the best of intentions, who then hit a great run of form with someone else at left-back. Now, yeah. I noticed he had more games... Towards the end of the season, once Burton had got safe, so at least he has got himself some. Then went there, went yeah. to Bolton and got injured running yeah. back for an offside. Yeah, of all things. Yeah, and got you know. badly damaged his ankle, broke his cheekbone at Ipswich and things yeah. like that. But so hopefully he can come back. Yeah, but um, but as I say, others coming back, Harrop and Stockley. Now you got two there who you could. Who didn't fit in here last season? Maybe Frankie McAvoy will look at them and um, think. There's a chance to fit you back in, but I do think, especially with Stockley, you've got a, a guy there, a lot of interest in him from League One, mm. which, you know, he, he's come up from League Two to Exeter to play at North End in the Championship. Probably been a, a bit of a big step for him, that. He does, he, he can score, he can play at this level, but consistently, he, you know, you, I, I, I don't think you're going to get the very best out of him, I think. So if there's a chance of a good offer coming in from a League One club for him, you know, where you can get quarter of a million, 300 grand for him, that's some more money, isn't it? Bring that into the pot and, you know, possibility one less in the squad, another place to use, you know, another wage off the wage bill. And that, that that's, a, that's somewhere where you can uh, have a look at, you know, raising some money and creating a, some room. 
Yeah, he, he spoke recently, Jaden Stockley, basically about how he'd be open to to moving, yeah. how he'd be open to even going back to Charlton. He's done well there. Yeah. He's, he's got goals. He's had consistent game time. He's only got a year left on his contract. He's sick of it at North yeah. End, I think. Just of, of yeah. waiting around. He's only got a year on his contract left. So this is the last time you're going to get any decent money for him. I think they can get some half-decent money for him. Mm. Um, uh, this time, you know, and ho- you know, hopefully... It, he, he, I don't think he's ever quite fitted in well enough at North End in the fact that he's not a back-to-goal target man type, is he? Mm. He likes to be running onto crosses, which frankly not done enough of over, no. the, over the time. As much so. as we've moaned about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his so, his yeah. quotes was, uh, hopefully this isn't the end of my playing time for Charlton. If it mm. works for everyone, I would love it. I feel I have so much to give and these are my prime years. And I think that's the main yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he's, I've always looked for a club where I can stay and become a real name, and I think that's why. Was yeah. he? I think he's twenty-seven now, and he wants to yeah. wants to settle down. And you I can't think really he could be. In, yeah, I don't think Tommy's a out and out championship player week in week out. But I mm. think in League One, I think he could be an absolute star of the show for a team. Yeah. Yeah. So hence, I know there has been a lot of interest, not necessarily from Charlton yet, you know, but from other clubs as well. Almost like Will Grigg type, who's probably a step too far the championship, but. Rips up League One, yeah, almost. Yeah, you know. maybe. Yeah, what? What? He played twenty times for uh, Charlton, didn't he? And mm. Got got eight goals, which is not, you know, it's just under one and two, isn't it? Yeah, it's for a, a big decent target man as yeah. well. It's not, you yeah. know, it's not like he, he's he's mm-hmm. he's capitalising on a, a defensive mistake and charging him behind with his pace or anything like that. It's he's he's having to work for more. He'll all think that. about his move as well. He's an intelligent guy, Stockley. He's not, yeah. he's, he doesn't look the sort of guy who's going to be led by an agent or a representative. Yeah. He, you speak to him. He's got a brain in him, hasn't he? And he'll know what he wants. So, uh, but I say that he, he for me, he's the prime candidate to raise a little bit of money this summer. And then to bring in Everson. Mm-hmm. Everson. Does he, he have to come in? You you want him to, wouldn't you? He's a fantastic. You know, he's been the best goalkeeper they've had for a, a, a while. And I think that's the way you move your squad forward. You know, have him and Rudd. Can, we've we've had this conversation mm. before. It looks harsh on Declan Rudd who lost mm. his place because he, he was out injured. You know, that was the only reason he did very came little in. wrong. Yeah, but you improve a squad by having better competition. Mm-hmm. And if that is Rudd pushing Everson more, or if that's Everson pushing Rudd. Even yeah. more, you've got to do it. That's the way you improve in time. So they seem very keen on bringing Seth Vandenberg back, mm-hmm. which you can understand. Yep. So that's an option for both wing back if yeah, you play three say, five two. And do you want him at a right back or do you want him at centre back? At both. You mm. know. To be fair, I, I think physically he's got a bit. I think I don't know if they put him on the weights at North End, but I think he grew in. You know both level of performance I don't know he, he just seemed to be a bit look stronger by the end of the season mm. maybe that was in the run of games but I thought the right back and the right wing back he did very well you know the right wing back maybe going forward at times it's not his natural thing to you know hesitant on when to it came to crossing or, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got the pace, mm. you know, to do it. And at right back, I thought he was very, a very good defender. We didn't see him a lot at centre half, but the game he had at Stoke when he played in the three at the back, I thought he did very. Well. Yeah. So that's, so that's you know that that's a good defensive option if they could get him back. Um, and you know he knows the club. Liam Lindsay, they do seem to be quite keen on. They've asked the question certainly on whether they can get him back. Mm-hmm. 
So once those three are boxed off, if they don't get Lindsay, it'd be someone else, another left-footed yeah. centre half. You linked with Sonny Bradley, aren't they? At yeah, Luton. it looks like he goes twenty-nine-year-old. I don't mm. know. I think there's there's others out there, mm. you know. So uh, I think he was linked with North End around the time he was angling for a new contract at yeah. Luton, wasn't he? And he got linked with North End, and, and yeah. then obviously not signed. And there's talking on to Ipswich, which Ipswich. Is a division below, you know. But um, money talks. Uh, yeah, maybe you know. But I thought he might want to stay in the championship mm. but Bradley was mentioned as a player before we got Lindsay mm. so maybe that's an alternative but there mm-hmm. are other left footed defenders out there he might be looking at one new signing yeah. big German guy that will come back in the middle of defence that's what it'll feel that, like anyway Pat won't Bauer, it yeah. you almost We're, forget yeah. about him don't yeah. you yeah not played since the 1st of December so yeah. it'd, be, it'd be great to have him back on full throttle mm. you know when you got you got him you got Jordan Story you got Hunt's You've got potentially Lindsay. You've yeah. got Andrew Hughes. You yeah. know, you've got a and potentially Sep. If yeah. you know, if you can get a a, a right back. Yeah. If you are going to play three centre halves most of the time, you need three to play. You need one on the bench. Yeah. And, and At another, least. And uh, you know, another in reserve, don't yeah. you? You know, like ready yeah. to come in because, you know, with, with all the games. So yeah. So they're the three of the present squad. You know, mm. who 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 were here last season? You think might come back, and then sort of outside transfers coming in, you know, new, totally new blood. Yeah. I think it needs to be up front and I think it needs to be on the wings. Yeah. You know, like forward player, good attacking player. They've got enough centre midfielders. They've got those coming out of their ears, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. But as you say, a genuine someone who, who can add pace if you're going to, you know, if you are going to play wing back type, you know, sort of a genuine type wing back if you've got one who's mm. got an attacking streak of them. Mm-hmm. Or if you are going to play have a different, have a plan B and play more sort of with wingers or something, you know, someone who can, you know, bring something yeah. to that. And then definitely a striker. Yeah. There needs, there needs to be more depth up front. And for me, there needs to be, I think if you're going to play this sort of three, five, two, mm-hmm. I think you need both types of full uh, wing back. So yeah. you need the wing back that's more attacking mm-hmm. if you're losing or if, if you should beat this team. Yeah. But if you're hanging in, you can swap that full back. Say, I don't know, say the example at the moment, you start with Barkey on mm-hmm. at right wing back. Mm-hmm. He's, an, he's a more attacking option, yeah. not as good defending. Mm-hmm. But then it, it, as time's running out, you can put Sep there, yeah. who's more steady in a way, won't be as, as adventurous too far forward and won't leave you as exposed. Those are the kind of options you need. Like, you saw it at Forest, didn't you, last game of the season. First half, we got pinned back. Mm. And it helped the fact that Greg Cunningham and Set were the two yeah. wing backs. It almost went to a five three two rather than a three five two, didn't it? You know, yeah. the wing backs were at, you know, and that worked. And then in the second half they got a little bit more adventurous. But you want that option, don't you? If you need to open a game up, you've got people who can bring it yeah, forward. Yeah, exactly. And you want you want people to be able to I mean, full backs definitely can. Like there are some wing backs out there that can. You just want someone to make something happen. I mean, even Darnell Fisher at times could do that. He could yeah. beat one or two plays and put something in the area. Um, it wasn't his cross away at Barnsley when they played that diamond. He got involved there and got, was, got an yeah. assist or two yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was in a narrow formation. Um, you know, I looked at. Um, he's just uh, he's got actually got an option at at Fleetwood that he's got another year but someone like Wes Burns who used to like is naturally a winger but has played at, at wing back yeah. a lot and mm-hmm. those kind of types that mm-hmm. he's absolutely rapid as well like but those sorts of types that 
have kind of done both mm-hmm. is probably what's going to be needed because they've got all that area to cover. Yeah. I mean, they'll have the support from centre midfield because the likes of Brown and Ledson and, and Whiteman had, had put themselves about. Yeah. But they need to be able to do a lot to play wing back. It's quite unforgiving yeah. in that respect, it is. isn't it? Really. And then up front, they need they, they need bodies up front yeah. now. Chad Evans played what nineteen twenty games in a on the bounce mm. in that second half of the season. Now, with all due respect, he ain't going to do 46 games next yeah. season, start 46 games, isn't it? You wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. But it's all, to what this season, the second half of the season, it was always, well, when Alex Neal was here, it was Chad Evans up, up on his on his own. <laughs> and then when, luck, well, yeah, <laughs> with the occasional time when he got a bit of a partner. But under, under McAvoy, it was Chad Evans plus, it was either Emil Reese, mm. it was Sean Maguire, it was Tom Barkhausen. Well, very briefly, Scott Sinclair. Yeah, so it was, you can see Frankie's thinking there, big guy up front, mm-hmm. you know what? There's to, your foil. To take the fo- you know, to take the battering mm. for others to play off him. Now, you, you think you're going to have, you need some kind of backup to Evans to do that if he's mm-hmm. not going to play every game, unless you, you're going to slightly, when you play two up front, it's not always going to be in that manner. You might play two quicker ones to go darting off and stretching it, I don't know. But at the moment, they've got Evans, they've got Maguire, they've got Sinclair and Barcaves and can both play wide, fitting into that play. So mm. I, I, I still think there's room for one, if not two, sort of natural strikers. Yeah, I think you want out more specialisation, don't yeah. you? Because, yeah. yes, Barkey and Sinclair can play there, but they're not strikers. There's going to be nuances of the position that mm. you get from being a, a striker, from being a number nine. Yeah. And that's what you need. The amount of times where Chet Evans is just so savvy, so yeah. clever, mm-hmm. buys fouls here and there, that comes from playing as a striker for so long. Yeah. Tom Barkey's and won't, by those fouls because no. he's trying to nick past someone he's trying to get he's trying to you know be a winger mm-hmm. whereas a striker knows when to yeah. to do those sorts of things you need you, do you need a striker in who, who knows from the penalty spot inwards mm. where to find in there now Evans did that a few times his mm. five goals you know sort of four of them came close in they need another striker to sniff out that sort of, yeah. you know, the, those opportunities. So that's where I'd really they they, they cost the money, don't they? So if you're going to sort of pay for someone, that's who you, that's where you want the money and those, spent. Those types generally the older ones, they're generally which also will want a better wage. Mm-hmm. But they're the, generally the type, you know, the the late twenties, early thirties that might just, you yeah. know, like for example, if they're coming on for Evans to be that battering man, to be that that savvy mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. You know, they are going to have to be older. It's not one of those where um, I think a lot of people want that route that we went down in League One, where they're bringing in a lot of young players from Premier League clubs, things like that. That is obviously a very, would be a very welcomed route, Mm -hmm. but it isn't a one-size-fits-all sort of approach, and that that can't work, I don't think, necessarily, for that striking position. For the other one alongside him, you could get a young player in, and, you know, I think people have been linked with, like, Liam Delap or something at, at City. These young sort of players that, you know, could well come in, play off the shoulder and know where the net is, that's fine. But Chad Evans needs a bit of the load taken off him, yeah. really. Like you yeah. say, he can't do it for 46 no, games. No. 
he will just break down. Yeah, and he can't do it in every game. You know, he mm. can't do it all ninety minutes as well. Yeah, you know, and, and he's he's due a bad game as well. Yeah. So even if he is, mm. even if he is fit as a fiddle, he'll yeah. have a bad game. And he is thirty two now, mm. and so he'll be turning thirty three at some point next season. Yeah, I think Christmas, isn't he? You know, so you've got to be looking. You know, and I know they give him a two year contract, but you've got to be looking beyond that as well, don't you? Yeah, I'd like the recruitment, Tom, to be a bit of a. A bit of everything. I'd like to see in a, a, a some, if possible, some championship experience coming mm. in. I think that's vital. I don't. We've had this debate, didn't we, about Stoke? No, Nottingham Forest last Forest. week, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just packed too many sort of all the heads, and yeah. it was all a bit stale. But you, you, you would like a good championship head in there, wouldn't you? you? Can bring some more experience, but coupled with that, alongside, I'd like to see some you know, some lower division mm. where they've shot before. I don't see anything wrong with that. Some people do. I don't, I don't personally. I think you can bring them on. Mm. But I think it's easy to bring them on if they've got some championship players around them to, yeah. to help bring them on. So if you can do a bit of both with the shopping, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think I think the, the proof's in the pudding almost yeah. in that, you know, Callum Robinson, Jordan Hugel, even now Ben Pearson, who might well be in the Premier League next year, Ben yeah. Davies, these people... Ben Davies slightly different because he wasn't signed from no. like a Premier League club, but these kinds of people that have been bought in that way. Even Daniel Johnson came in fifty grand from yeah. Villa, and he, he yeah. he's yeah, now. Yeah, we've had different kind of and we've had different kind of young signings, haven't we? As mm. you say, you've had the Robinson DJ. Robinson was very raw when he. I mean, yeah. wouldn't head the ball, wouldn't yeah. go near yeah. people generally. But you've had Robinson DJ. Pearson was at United, wasn't he? But yeah. I'd got league experience at Barnsley at the time. I so they, DJ. they, yeah, and Harrop coming in from sort of completely Premier, fresh Premier yeah. League reserve squads. Then you've got the other route. You had Hugo coming in from Port Vale <laughs> reserves. Yeah. Then more recently, you've had players like Ledson coming in, Jordan Story from League One and Two, who've got league experience. Mm further down and then you're bringing them up and maybe hoping Bayless. to polish yeah maybe Bayless in that in that degree yeah so you all yeah so there's different brackets of how you can bring in raw talent mm. they might have had they might be raw in the fact that they're not used to the championship because they've been playing lower lower division football league or the raw in the fact they've only played reserve team football for, mm. for Premier League teams you know so uh, yeah so it's it's the way you look at it, but I, I don't like it when it's at all. Oh, I don't want sort of lower league players coming. There's some good talent there, mm. but it, it, if you feel if all your recruitment is just sort of five signings from League One and League Two, they might take time to settle. We've seen with Ledson, he's taken until his third season to settle. Yeah. Probably the same with Story to mm. properly settle down. So if you want, if you want. Your signings to hit the ground running. You, I think you need at least one of them to be someone who's used to this level already, and can come in. And yeah, I've, I've played in the championship before. I know what it's all about. I know what it's like playing Saturday, Tuesday, getting getting kicked around at Birmingham <laughs> on a Tuesday night, and then at Deepdale on a Saturday. And that that's I think you need a good blend of it. I feel like as well, a lot of the people that will moan about that almost to me as well seem to be the same people that will moan that North End weren't the first to Ivan Tony or weren't first to Adam Armstrong even though you know Adam Armstrong literally just picked Tony Mowbray because yeah. he'd worked with him before mm -hmm. the North End had done everything they could he just went for a different manager yeah. mm -hmm. um, and I, I saw someone who's like oh, Ivan Tony went for 5 million he went for like 11 million 
Yeah. You know, like the, the, the they're not quite in the same ballpark for some no. of these people, but mm-hmm. those are players that have been signed from lower leagues. Um, Ollie Watkins at, at Villa now, he worked his way up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, there are there is genuine quality in the lower levels. Yeah. you just got to find the right ones and you're yeah. not always going to find perfect players. But you're going to take it. So I think sometimes you'll get hit and miss on yeah. some, some players, you know. Yeah. So, and uh, the, the ones that come in, you think, mm, it might, it's not up to much, but, you know, we'll give it, you know it's a cheap deal. It, it doesn't matter too much. And they might turn out great. And the ones you come in think, oh, this guy's going to light it up. Yeah. It just doesn't, just doesn't succeed. And that's part of it. I, I, I'd like, I, I think, obviously, in an ideal world, I feel like North End should be looking grab one or two maybe from the top division, whether they're senior players or not, um, whether it's just a young player with energy or a senior player that you can kind of bring in as a as a, a, a leader, an experienced one, and, and then you need that energy from below, the hunger from below, the division below, and then probably just the experience and the know-how of the championship and, and what a long season it is, how difficult it is, how difficult certain places are mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. And then that could that could mesh the squad in together. But I'm sure every single team in the division is looking for that sort of yeah. mix and, and balance. So You'd like to see, you know, uh, a, a sort of Premier League reserve player, you know, an mm. on loan. Now, North ended it with Lucas Nemeche the other season, but they got yeah. a very, very raw Lucas Nemeche. Yeah. And you can see now he's been talked about as a really potentially big money move this summer of going back to Anderlecht or there's clubs in Germany looking at him mm. now if you could get that kind of player maybe a year 18 months two years further on than when we got a Nemecha and you see it with time, other teams yeah. Mason Mount um, Field was it at, at, at Harvey Barnes as well at yeah. um, at, at Oliver Skip yeah. you, you see these these players that are a couple of years down the lines in the loans and they're, they're doing well at this level yeah yeah you, you, you when the 17 18 coming in they're very raw but mm. if you can you know 18 19 hitting 20 just ready you need another loan mm. and then they sort of be considered more premier league ready by bamford by abraham yeah, yeah all that, did yeah. It at, at this sort of they do cost money though they do <laughs> even, even i mean abraham yeah. yikes he yeah. was on a lot of work. yeah yeah but it's it's that that's that sort of point in their development you just kind of got to catch them at the right time Time, yeah it is a gamble but yeah yeah, sometimes you got to rely on you know sometimes you just got to take a gamble and hope it does pay off yeah and uh, the club have made a statement about sort of this summer and and the direction things (laughs) are going in haven't they yeah what's your take on it the Sunday morning statement, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a lot in there. A lot of it. Modern prob- football is ruled by club statements. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're probably you know we've heard a lot of it before. We know we we know about the things. To, to me, the standout thing on there was was the, um, the the things which will interest most. Season tickets will be. They said they've held back on season tickets until they know from the government that they'd be able to get everyone in next season which I can't really blame them for rather than start selling them before only to get another lockdown or another restrictions you know if they find God knows another variant or something you know which they seem to be dragging up from all over the place at the moment yeah India the latest one yeah yeah but you know like well we'll get through this one and then they find a sort of Nicaraguan one or something <laughs> like that you know, the, the Bulgarian one but um, so the season tickets was a big one and then the obviously the shirt sponsor with the deal with 32 red ending and now they're going to sounds like they've all but agreed a sort of a non-betting um shirt sponsor for next season 
local, I think they said as well. So yeah. I know some quite a few fans were uncomfortable with a betting logo for various reasons, which I can totally understand. The fact that a lot of you know, I, I know as a as a dad, as a parent, um, with when you buy your kid a replica shirt and it's a different logo on the front yeah. because you're not allowed gambling uh, firms advertise on a junior kit, for example. Well, you, you get your kid, you it's get your jarring. lad, you get your daughter, a, a, um, you know, a, a replica kit, and they look at well, that's got a different logo on the front. Yeah, that's yeah. not, you know, that's not the one Alan Brown wears or Tom Barkay's wears. You know, why can't I have the same? You know, mm-hmm. and then obviously with gambling, there's the ethical issue of it. Should 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 you be promoting it? But mm. when you look at it. I think I think it said in the statement that seventy five percent of championship clubs are sponsored by a betting firm, and that that's been the reality. It used to be a lot of alcohol advertising, a lot of breweries used to advertise on on, on kits, and then yeah. alcohol advertising got prohibited. If alcohol I is think, such yeah. a bad thing, is mm. is gambling not just mm. as much as a vice, as a as destructive and as addictive? Probably more. Probably I'd exactly. say more. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know but, what I mean? And 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 we will get to the point where gambling advertising will get phased. Where, you yeah. know, will get phased out by law. Mm. I don't think they're near doing it yet, but mm. I reckon probably in the next year or two it will be. I think they're almost getting their affairs in order. Yeah. There's so much money involved in it. They're probably just kind of getting a few irons in the fire yeah. to go. There's going to be this. Uh, probably in a similar way that when alcohol went, they kind yeah. of probably said to the gambling people, hey, there's a gap here for you. Yeah. They're probably doing similar to other markets, yeah. trying to get that interest yeah. before we'll they probably get probably going to be looking at it if, you know, ga- well, it's not just football where gambling companies are sponsoring. They're involved mm. in, a, in in a lot of other sports. I mean, horse racing is yeah. run by it. Well, that, that's the whole point <laughs> that of is horse racing. Sport. But, but <laughs> I'm just saying there's other the, the sponsor, you know, there's other sports where logos will be on, mm. and there will be companies who, and and clubs and sporting organisations who have signed quite long term contracts, and so it will be penalising them, and the, the, mm. they'll almost get a grace period of, you know, there's almost a hint we will be outlawing gambling sponsorship. Yeah, but it, you can't just put the shutters down there and then. It will have to be phased in because some clubs might turn around and say, look, we've signed a three year contract properly genuinely mm. with all all good intentions so you've got to let us see out that contract so i think it'd be a phased thing but mm-hmm. i think north end have taken that into account thinking well this is probably coming at coming down the line at some point you need to be looking elsewhere for, for uh, a sponsorship you know because your sponsorship's not cheap you know mm. the you're looking with your revenue after what the, what after what the, your owner puts in, after what money comes through on the turnstiles and solidarity payments from the football, you know, from the EFL and the Premier League, whatever. Your shirt sponsorship, I would think, is going to be up probably fourth fourth major sort of income revenue for a club, with all the associated. Um, Money it brings with it, you know, advertising boards on replica kits, on training kit and whatnot. So it, it's a big rip. So I, I don't think shirt, sort of shirt sponsorship is is taken lightly when it's negotiated. It's done properly. Mm. Yeah, and to have as well, if it is obviously we don't know anything about it, but if it is a local company as well, it you know yeah that's another that's another positive. It um, is, yeah, yeah. I don't know how local. I don't know if we're talking about the. You know the garage around the corner. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think we're quite going down that route, but you know, like may, maybe a company that's based northwestish. I don't know. I don't know. But it, you know, it's a 
it's a it's a decent size of money to sponsor a championship shirt. Mm. I would think it needs a company with substantial funds. Yep, and I'm just going to pick up on a point here. I've got the the statement in front of me. The and, and the and the football section. Mm-hmm. Um, this this last paragraph. Some people are getting worried that Frankie is called head coach and not manager. And what does and what does this mean for other football related activities? In reality, most football managers' jobs have evolved into more appropriate title of head coach. And issues such as contract negotiations and identify and identification of players have always been done separately. Nothing going forward changes what has been custom practice, custom and practice at PNE for the last ten years. And the head coach and indeed coaches will have full input into transfer activity as before. That explanation pretty much gives the impression of very similar to when Alex Neal was here. Alex yeah. Neal never really said he was that involved in transfers. He was always a coach, mm-hmm. um, but definitely wasn't involved in contract negotiations. I um, don't think any manager is involved in contract negotiations anymore. I think yeah. Alex Neal used to get out and about looking at players. Him and Peter Risdale were always looking. I remember when they signed Ryan Ledson. They near enough had a season ticket for Oxford, didn't they, watching him. Mm. Um, so there's the input that way. Football has changed from managers knocking on players' doors, sign this contract for me, you know. That, that's yeah. changed. Um, and I wouldn't expect any manager anywhere to be sitting down with a player and negotiating his contract with him and now what we're going to be paying you every week. And I doubt Alex Neal or Simon Grayson or Graham Wesley or Phil Brown or... Darren Ferguson ever got on the phone to another club to say how much for this player you know that that's always been done at boardroom level mm-hmm. before Peter Ridsdale before Morris Lindsay when it's during his short spell it was done by Derek Shaw you know yeah. de- de- when Derek was chairman when Brian Gray was chairman before that went under the backs of stewardship it would have been Brian Gray or his chief executive Tony Scholes onto another club we'll make you this offer yep on then will you accept it or not and if you got a bit accepted it would be Tony Scholes or it was Brian Gray or it was Derek Shaw sitting down with the agent working that out that bit hasn't changed I suppose where the big thing has is this who is actually got the final say on whether we bring that player in like we've got three alternatives for the left back position which left back do we bring in now once upon a time that would have been the manager wholeheartedly mm-hmm. I want him then him then him so has that changed now? That that that's the question, really. Yeah. <laughs> if then the manager says, "Right, that's my first choice," and I've got him, then it's up to the club then to negotiate his fee and negotiate his wage. Yeah, that hasn't changed. I but think a lot. It, of it's that identification. Who has a hundred? You know, is there a fight? Someone having a final say? Mm. I think a lot of people were almost. Well, I think at the surface with this statement, a, a, a lot of reaction was kind of. Uh, Peter Isdale is is the de facto, you know, he's in charge of everything, all this sort of stuff. And I think in part of that, it, obviously it's a statement from Peter Isdale who is generally kind of runs the club mm. and, and does. does a lot on does, yeah. uh, does a lot on behalf of, of the honour Mr. Hemmings. Um I think a lot in that he's tried to kind of diffuse that sort of situation and say, look, you know, the, the manager is still involved. Yeah. I think the only... The only thing, and I, I, I mentioned it to you before, the only thing that almost grates on me in that statement is in, in, there is a lot in there that you just kind of go, yeah, fair enough, you can't argue, you expect that, all that sort of stuff, is there's a little bit of sort of some people think this, and I think in the, the wording of it is yeah. just a little, 
a little distancing. It's yeah. a little, you know, well, well, some people think this, but actually, and it's it's almost like if you can give a specific a specific instance, mm. even you go, oh, th- I heard this specifically, and that made me think this. Mm. You can kind of understand it a little bit more. But I think just just, and it maybe I'm misunderstanding it slightly because of the way it's phrased. But a couple of times in the statement, it comes up saying some people, and it's almost reductionist of their sort of view like you know oh, well some people think this and mm. it, it's difficult because people aren't always going to know all the inner workings mm. n- they're not it's it's difficult people will make assumptions because they kind of have to yeah. and if you can give specific instances and explain why it came across and why this happened i think that that would help bridge a gap sometimes because there is a there is a, a gap between the club and the fans mm. quite often really yeah and the thing is, in, in life, in general, and in football, you're never going to have 100% un- no. uniform yeah. uh, thinking Unity on the same line, yeah. are you? You know, people, you have your different views. People are always going to have your different views. You could be you could be top of the league with 100 points and whatever. Mm. You're still going to get people with a different opinion on how things are done. So I think that's got to be... People's views have to be respected. Yeah. You might not agree with it, and there might be criticism. You, you you've got to respect that. You, we all look at things slightly differently. Yeah. Some uh, people might not agree with how it's done. Yeah. And, and, and some that's people's not to say need to be tempered as well, don't they? That's it? not to say they're wrong. Yeah. Some, yeah. You know, like North End's approach to certain things will be wrong. Some yeah. supporters' view of it will be wrong. But there'll be a lot of it. A lot of people's views and the club's views are actually quite close, but with a slight, you know, with a slight difference. But that's yeah. life, isn't yeah. it? You know, so I think there needs to be a, a respect for each other on that on that score. Yeah, and, and I think, as you say, there's there's not necessarily a great deal in the statement that isn't, that you couldn't necessarily, you maybe didn't know or couldn't no. guess or assume. Yeah. But I think fair enough that the statement's out there because then mm-hmm. instead of going... Like, if the fans were to question something and you go, well, obviously it's this. It's like, yeah, but it'd be nice to hear it from the club. At least they have. At least, you know, at least that's there. I think one thing they have to get away from now is be, well, probably our our industry's like just as responsible for it. When we we sit back and thought, let's have a look. What were, how did Alex Neal signings do? Or how did Simon Grayson signings Mm -hmm. do? Or how did Frankie McAvoy signings do? That needs to be phrased different. That needs to be phrased now. How did the signings made under when Alex Neal was manager do? Not necessarily it was Alex Neal who went out and did them all. How did That's he how, do with the signings? How, yeah, how, yeah, almost. That, you yeah. know, but, um, yeah. I think I think you've all, however this is done, however whoever leads it, whoever has a final say, that whoever is head coach or a manager has to have a big input. If if they came in and said to Frankie McAvoy, we said we can get. This guy, Joe Bloggs, mm. on under 10 grand a week on a three year contract, and we can get him for 300 grand or whatever, just plucking a figure out of the air. How's about that? If Frankie McAvoy takes one look at it and goes, There's no way I can work with him, he mm. would not fit into a style. There's no way I can make him work at Preston. That has to be rejected, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. matter that he fits in with cost and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. There that. has to be an input from the manager or the head coach. Yeah, that front. If he can, t- I think a lot of it's now like, yeah, I can work with him. Yeah. You know, that that's how it has to be. Yeah, I can make him fit. I can see how he fits Most in clubs there. have committees. Liverpool yeah. were praised so much for how well their transfers have gone under Klopp or whatever. 
they had like a whole transfer committee. Yeah. It wasn't Klopp making these signings. Klopp was like Frankie it, yeah. at the end going, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah. So it has to be, unfortunately though, the co- you've got that big collective responsibility. Mm. When push comes to shove, when results aren't going right, there's only one person who goes. It's not that committee yeah. who get, who sacks itself, is yeah. it? It's the, ma- it's the head coach and the manager will get sacked. And the committee at PNE is probably... Two people, yeah, big. It is probably Peter Ridsdale and and, and an analyst, yeah, the yeah. The, the, the new analyst. Well, from, James from Beats come in, and yeah, yeah a big North End fan. Um, yeah. he, he he's coming. He's going to be key. It'd be, be interesting how they're using analytics a lot more. Mm. I'm not saying it's going to be the judgment is a hundred percent analytical, but it'd be. I think I'd like to be, see more of it. Though. I would you oh, see yeah, a lot I of think, success yeah, from it. Yeah, I think there's a there's a great way. To, you know, bl- blend it in. Mm. Of course, there's, there's still room for going to games and, and watching a player and it catching your eye or a scout reporting. Yeah, I watched him last week. You know, I went to watch X, mm. but actually Y was played fantastically. He could just fit in there. Yeah. Then you start getting the analytics involved. So sort of, well, let's have yeah. a let's have a deeper look at him. Does it back up my eyes? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. He played well in that game. Let's have a look how he's done over the course of the season. You, you start bringing his stats up. You start watching all the things. Mm. Can he fit into the system? Is he the right kind of person? Has he has he played better at home? Has he played better away? Things yeah. you know that you can go into so much detail yeah. with him now. Going to proper money ball stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a great, it's an exciting way of doing it. Yeah. Different, you know, there's yeah, you got the money ball which came from baseball, and I yeah. think and uh, good film by the way. Brent, Brentford are always say it's money ball. It's not money ball. They've got their own system. They've yeah. got you know the they bring a lot through the B team. Of course and they do. Like yeah, that, but don't they? then they have got their That's own. A big part of they it. have got their own analysis of players through an, you know, an algorithm and things like that. It's not money ball though, isn't it? You know, yeah. but it's a great way. And I don't think every club can have that same system. You know, mm. you've all got every club will have a slightly different way of doing things. But I think if you can bring your analytics into it, mm. it's interesting. But I don't, you know, I don't think you'll be basing it hundred percent on it. But if you can't, you know, you, you still want to get out there and have a look at a player in the, the flesh. The thing is, they would probably have to go into the foreign market. Yeah, yeah, which is difficult now. We're Brexit, mm. and it's yeah. never been North End's way no, anyway. No. And then you put that into it as well. Yeah. The thing is, though, you, you're not going to get under the new after Brexit with the new point system of getting mm. players here. You're going to struggle to get French second division players. You're going to, mm. you know, where, for example, where Brentford have like, you know, they've shopped extensively abroad yeah. and found some absolutely great Thank players you. playing in someone's reserves. Or Wendia, yeah. Norwich second division in yeah. Spain. You look at yeah. even go like Mares and yeah. Kante. Not, they were second division. Might not get a work France. permit now. They, yeah. w- they, they would have done before because all you needed to have was an EU passport and you were fine coming here. Emil Reese might not mm. qualify now for under the point system. Well, he's Danish under twenty one international, but you've not played full international football. Yeah. You've not played for a certain amount of time. So that market is a bit of a more of a difficult one now. You might have to look at closer to home, you know, and <laughs> I don't know. Speaking close to the home uh close to home, they didn't approach the academy topic mm-hmm. in that in that statement. Um basically I mean I don't <laughs> I don't think I agree with the point, but if a player in amongst it, and I know I'm selecting, I'm being selective with the quotes and whether that misconstrues it or whatever, but um, if a player is not ready for adult football by around 20, they probably will struggle to ever be. 
I, I disagree with that. Yeah, I, um, I agree. You, you shouldn't be get. You shouldn't be getting to twenty two, twenty three if you've got that far. Yeah, twenty is a bit of a low cut off for me. I think it's always going to be a point at North End. They've not got an under twenty three or an under twenty one side. Yeah, which. I think, extending to under nineteens, but to me, I, th- I think that is that youth. Make a, is that you? I think that might be youth football in general is going to under nineteens. Right. Think. Um, I think maybe they're expanding. While it's under eighteens normally, are they expanding it to nineteens mm. now? I don't think North yeah. End will just have an under nineteen side, but yeah. maybe. May, but I think the, the two reasons listed is money that would have to come away from the first team yeah. and that the under twenty three football is not competitive enough. Yeah, I agree. Some under twenty three games was dull as ditch water to watch. And, yep. And uh, Josh Harrop said not that they were dull, but when he came in, he said the big difference is learning yeah. to play for three points, yeah. and that is a big that is a big yeah. change for people. I'd like to see the old. Res- I'd like to see the old reserve <laughs> league. There <laughs> still is the central league operating there's yeah. not many teams in it i know morecambe are in it and one or two others yeah where you're not restricted to a certain you, i think i think the under 23s you're only you're allowed two overage players or something like yeah. that yeah it's basically like the top yeah. players come back uh, from injury and there are there are a lot you know in, in the under 23s there are a lot of restrictions put on it you've got to play at a certain time mm. you've got to you can't pick and choose when you play. You know, games are on a certain time. They've got to be played at a certain type of venue. You've got to have a, a, a physio who's dedicated to that group. You can't just use a first-team physio, for example. So there's costs that way. But maybe a reserve league, you know, the central league, I don't think there's as many restrictions. That might be a sort of halfway mm. house. I'd, I just think, the I can understand, yeah, it will take away a bit of budget from the first team. You know, I understand that with football, but sometimes maybe a bit of speculating to accumulate, mm. having that on the 23 side or a reserve side might just allow a couple more players to develop. I think it's a big gap to suddenly, mm. to go, because North End are a Category 3 uh, academy, aren't they? So the games are playing on the Saturday, the under-18s are playing on a Saturday or against Fleetwood, Salford, Bet- uh, not Bolton, Blackpool, Blackpool etc. Yeah, it's mainly that league's yeah. mainly a League One, may, yeah, maybe league, yeah. mainly League One teams in Shrew- that. Shrewsbury and, and things like that, Carlisle, yeah. etc. Because Fleetwood so, won it this season. So to go from a suddenly playing that level of football yep. to of youth football to be expect to be a first team player is like a massive gap without some kind of bridge. Obviously, you have had a few of the lads from the youth team on the bench for first team games this season, Lewis Colton, Jacob Holland, Wilkinson, Lewis Joe Lee. Rodwell, Grant, Lewis Lee, have all been on the bench. Mm. There's a couple of others have had squad numbers, but they've been there more filling, filling gaps, haven't yeah. they? And it would have been nice to see one or two of them get on. Um, but it's a, it's a real big, big gap. You know, the, the way North End are getting these players experiences by sending them on loan which can don't get me wrong a good non-league loan but they create their own problems for that because no one wants to take them on loan because they're not playing games games, yeah yeah they can't trust they they don't know how good they are because they can't see them and they're not playing at any sort of standard you've got to get a sort of trust there don't you yeah take him he'll do well but you know you've seen but what i think what's more encouraging this season they've taken four players on they only had Mm. seven second year scholars this year Mm. He didn't take as many on in that age group. Now they've taken four of the seven on: Jacob Odell Wilkinson, Lewis Colton, Joe Rodwell Grant, Joe Rodwell Grant, and Ollie Lombard, the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. So that 
four. That's that's pretty to take more than half on it for North End, considering. Given that last season, Terry's yeah, Dolan went. To yeah, Ethan Walker was the only one that taken on last season, and he was taken on earlier in the season. Anyway. Alongside yeah. Baxter and yeah. O'Reilly back then, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, um, and I think they're probably being a bit more proactive now by doing that. I know. They've got a good crop of, you know, the second year, there's some promising players like Lewis Lee who's been on the bench. Darren mm. Bennett coming through was unfortunately as ripped as um, ACL. He had an operation on that recently, you know. Because mm. wh- when I did a story last week on the players who have been, you know, like been signed up, all the a lot of questions came at me on Twitter. Well, why won't they sign Aaron Bennett? Why won't we sign Noel Marwenny? No, Noel Marwenny. Just to make this clear, Aaron Bennett is a first year scholar, so he's yep. got another year to go anyway. Yep. Noel Marwenny is only just leaving school now. He's joining the scholars. He's seventeen. This yeah. Time, yeah, he's not. You know, he's only just turning seventeen. You know, sixteen. Yeah. joining. You know, so yeah, he was playing what, for the youth team. At yeah, 15, no, that, wasn't that's he? been was, really good. They, yeah. they have been playing. There's uh, another lad called Josh Seary as well mm. from. Surely, he's um, he's the same age as Noah Moeni. You know, he's been playing, and the, the, the knew they had a good crop coming through the academy, so they've been playing him a year or so up. So they've been getting these under 15s playing in the under 18s, and which which bowls well for the future, doesn't it? So, yeah, I, <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. I mean, the the club clearly have their stance on it. Yeah. Um, people have different stances mm-hmm. the, at the end of the day if there's results at the end of it that stance is the right one yeah it's not as, as easy i'd probably like to see a little bit more in it but i think a restructuring of the academy would have to go with a restructure of the whole club yeah i think you've got to buy if you're gonna if you want your academy higher than a um a class three to go up to a two for mm. example or even a one mm. You've you've almost got to get an undertaking that you'd be taking so many on every year, wouldn't you? And pushing them into the first team squad, and that, that does take time and money. So, mm. but yeah. that, that I don't know. It, it is a difficult one, but I'd I'd like to see an under twenty ones or an under twenty threes as, as a gap. Yeah, but I can understand why 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 that is difficult to do as well. Yep. And uh, just before we come to the end, playoffs. Why playoffs. not? Yeah. Why yeah. not? Uh, we're recording on Tuesday morning we are the first legs of the championship playoffs <laughs> were last night it was timed quite well to be before them but <laughs> then I got ill yeah. so you um, not mentioned you being ill <laughs> so uh, Bournemouth beat Brentford 1-0, 1-0 and Swansea beat one, Barnsley 1-0 one, very evenly poised games I didn't yeah. see as much of the Bre- uh, the Bournemouth and Brentford game mm. I saw all of the um, the Barnsley and Swansea one. There was which a stat which I think in the in the Barnsley and Swansea game, the passing accuracy was something like I don't know, something like forty odd percent for yeah. each team. Yeah. Then the Brentford Bournemouth game, their passing accuracy was seventy one yeah. percent. Like the two completely different well, games. You, you saw Brentford's goal, uh sorry, Bournemouth's goal. Mm. It was a beauty on the counter attack, wasn't it? It was off the ball running from Billing. There was a Defence splitting pass and a very nice finish from the guy who scored at North End. Dan Juma, yeah, 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 very good player. Yeah. Um, now the Barnsley game, it was a bit of a scrap, wasn't it? Like Bar- Barnsley style high line. Yeah, that, that they played the three defenders high up. Yeah. Uh, and so every, everything is very congested, and then the forward players dropping it over the top. And, I suppose and you've got three, you've got three forward players there spread out across the pitch to try and exploit it. But I yeah. thought. 
Swansea's two centre halves and the goalkeeper were absolutely excellent. Mm. They they added it down to a T. I thought Woodman was coming off his line, coming out of his box to mop stuff up behind the centre halves. I thought they did very well. I was very impressed because I wasn't impressed with Swansea at all when they played this North season, End no. in April. Yeah, um, when North End won down there, I even Barnsley. I, I thought there was a potential for Swansea to drop out of contention. Mm. Um, um, North End beat Barnsley, say penultimate game of the season. Um, thought just thought on the, the lacked. You could see exactly what he was trying to do, but I just thought Swansea handled it really well. But mm. I think both games are so evenly poised that I wouldn't like to call either of them. You know, I wouldn't put it beyond Barnsley to go to Swansea and score a couple. Although I do feel Swansea are slight uh, our favourites to go through. I do feel Brentford have got goals in them at <laughs> home, but. Bournemouth How typical were, would it be? I know. Brentford, they finished 10 points clear yeah. of Bournemouth. They're yeah. at third. That's got to be the thing. Is it got to play on the brains yeah, at home? Yeah, it's got to. They've got to, go, got they've to got, be already. They've got to come home. They've, they know they've got to score one mm. just to get back into it, which I think they're capable of. Yeah. But they've got to put this I mean, playoff sort of... I think of, as uh, soon as they conceded, like, or as soon as a shot goes against them in the playoffs, they just think, oh, this is us, isn't it? You know, it's almost, it's almost like... And I, read, this, I read a comment though, Tom, last night because I didn't see the full Bournemouth game. Mm. Did you? Someone had commented on Twitter that he thought Bournemouth were slightly too conservative in the play and they should have gone for it a bit more and they could have built mm. up a better lead. What, what did you think of that? I, I saw Brentford. I, yeah, I, I didn't see. I didn't yeah, see no. as much of it again. No. Yeah, um, mm. but <laughs> I feel like with Bournemouth squad, mm. you can see it, can't you? Yeah. You, you look at that starting eleven. Mm-hmm. It's criminal that they finish sick. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? To finish that far back off the pace, mm-hmm. the quality's there. I mean, whether Jonathan Woodgate is the right man for it is another question entirely for me. But, yeah, I don't see why they shouldn't be going for it. Mm-hmm. And as well, we could see Ben Pearson in the Premier League next yeah. year. He did limp off at the end. He had a bit of a hip injury. He came All off right. for the last few minutes. That, yeah. So, um I think they'll be hoping to get him fit. The the, the second leg's not until important. Saturday, so they've got yeah. a bit of time to get him fit, haven't they? They've got yeah. a few days. It's a sort of bit of a longer turnaround than you know you sometimes get in the playoffs. But no, I, I just think the two the two I couldn't say. I was going to say he's winning the, the other legs and he's well, getting in, he's winning the final. Yeah, you know, like go on. I, I I do think Swansea will beat Barnsley. Right. I just got a feeling Bournemouth might just get a draw mm. down at Brentford, but I think Brentford are a damn good side. But then if, mm. if Brentford do get to the final, have they got what it will the playoff devil play on the shoulder? Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know. I, I I kind of fancy Brentford to come back, mm. and I think I, I also think Swansea, mm-hmm. and I think Brentford Swansea in a final. I think Brentford should take. Yeah, it. he should do. Yeah, yeah. I think. But again. Mm-hmm whether they can get the monkey off the back. Yeah, yeah. It's, the big, it, it's everything is just upstairs for Brentford. Mm, if yeah. they can get it sorted in their own head yeah. and just play what they've done all season, they'd be absolutely oh, yeah. fine. They've got one of the best strikers in championship history. Yeah. Like he scored the most goals in a season. Mm-hmm. They they should be fine. Yeah. I think they are just playing themselves out of it. Yeah, they could do, yeah. yeah. So. Well, that'd be interesting. Yeah. And uh, on a different note, we're all Oxford, aren't we? We are. Come on, Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> no, no the, 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 league, the League One playoffs, that's quite an interesting one. We've got Hull and Peterborough coming up. Yep. Um, personally, I, I, I've never been to Oxford's ground, mm. the new one, the, the Kassam. Kassam. Well, the new one, it's been there a while now. I've been to the Manor ground, mm. but I've never been to the Kassam, so I could tick off a new ground there. But I wouldn't mind. Jaden Stockley missed out yeah. on uh, 
goal difference. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going to Lincoln. I have been to Lincoln's ground before. I saw David Beckham play at Lincoln for North End. Mm. But I'd love to go back and go to Sinsel Bank. I think that'd be a great away day. Is anyone really wanting to go to the Stadium of Light? (sighs) Nah, they can stay down for another season for my liking. Blackpool is a derby. But we'll we'll sort that one out another time. I'm not bothered about that. No, I'd just... Lincoln Lincoln and Oxford are interesting. Lincoln, I'd I'd like to go back to Sinsel Bank, as I say. I think, you know... Oxford started the season absolutely terribly as well. They've done well to get back to where they are. Yeah, you know, Um, so... They were in the playoff final last year. They've got the momentum. They've just crept into the the, the time they run well and got in on the last game, Although Blackpool have won the last four and Oxford have only won the last three. Yeah. Blackpool are a very good playoff team traditionally, sadly. Yeah. I know a lot of people want to see the derby back, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. But the problem, the, pro- the problem I've got is to see the derby back. They also must have success. Mm-hmm. So yeah, does anyone really want to see that? I'm sure. I'm sure if it was the other way around, Blackpool wouldn't want to see us coming up. I know. I'm sure there'd be no goodwill. It's all. It's all part of the fun. It's isn't all. It? Yeah, it's all part of the derby. I'm not being nasty there. Or anything. No. It's just, just life, isn't it? But yeah. I just think it'd be a more interesting away. I think North End at Lincoln. I just think that that that's fantastic. A lot of people we've not played there since the nineties. A lot of people be a lot of people won't have been to Sinsel Bank. Mm. I think, oh, that's a great day out. Let's go there. Could potential sort of gentry day as well. I think that one. If it was at the right time of the season. Yeah. But, um, no, I've seen, I saw. Uh, I saw Teppy Moylan and making his North End debut there for, for North End. And we were playing, John Beck was the manager of Lincoln by then. So no, it was during North End's championship winning season. We went there and we had John Vaughan in goal normally. He wasn't the biggest of keepers. And I think uh, Gary Peters was thinking, well, I've got the six foot six Finn. Mm. I'm going to chuck him in because they're going to try and bombard us in the air. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I was there for Teppy Moylan's debut. And, the, right. season, and the season before, it was David Beckham's last game on loan. And he had a really, oh. really good game down the right wing. We, The way fans are... Sinsel Bank used to be on an open terrace down the side. Mm. So we had, in the second half, remember, we had Beckham playing down our sort of side of the pitch. And you could see then, he was, a, I'm not saying I think he'd go on and be England captain yeah. or whatever, but you could see he was a, he was a, he was a tidy player. Yeah. So. And away from anything that actually affects PNE, mm-hmm. come on, Morecambe. Yeah, I'd love to see Morecambe come up. They were, they were damn unlucky in the end yeah. not to... Um, not to come up automatically. They did their a bit. Point off, uh, yeah, a point yeah. off Bolton in the end. If they'd managed to get a point off Bolton a couple of weeks before, you know. And, and yeah. But on bu- better goal difference yeah, as well. Everyone goes on about budgets, don't they, in divisions. But Morecambe have got a really small budget, mm. you know. For them to be up there, they are punching Some job Derek Adams has done, oh, to be fair. Oh, yeah. Because Jim Bentley was in there for a long time. Yeah. And his job was quite rightly hailed how well he's done, but... And there was a bit of fear when he went, but then Derek Derek, Derek Adams has come level. in. He's take yeah, and they're playing some really nice stuff. Yeah. So uh, and they're coming up against managerless Tranmere. Yeah, yeah, who get yeah. in the playoffs and then sacked Keith Hill. Yeah, and the, the weird thing is, Tranmere fans don't even mind. Tranmere fans were all for it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw um, there was a piece written. Apparently, the with with fans being able to come back mm. for um, for the playoff games. Tramia's chairman or chief exec genuinely feared how negative the reaction would be because Keith Hill just for some reason didn't yeah just didn't gel with the fans the fans didn't gel with him yeah I saw that there was a Bolton link apparently which didn't go down well mm. and there was never an attempt to build the bridge by the manager with the fans and I, f- I, f- 
I just th- they think it's the best chance of them winning, getting through the playoffs was a change of manager. It's a brave move, <laughs> yeah. but they, you know, they, they know the club, they know the reaction, and it's gone down brilliant with the fans. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if if it all goes well, and it's a master stroke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. Um, you know, I think Tranmere were relegated under points per game last season. And the or the or mm. there was a, a feeling inside Tranmere they were very hard done by. Mm. And then when the manager Keith Hill came out and sort of not argued against that, but said the reason they were relegated last season was because they'd lost a load of games beforehand was not the right thing to say. <laughs> yeah. um, Tramier got down. David Nugent on loan from North End, so yeah. uh, I was I did a piece on him yesterday. This is his seventh time in the playoffs. Wow. He's not won them yet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he had a game, he, he, as a kid, he played at Berry Second mm. leg, League Two, second leg against Bournemouth. Now oh, I've wow. about Bournemouth have been in the Premier League since then and yeah. whatever. Um, two attempts with North End, obviously. Uh, the final West Ham and then Leeds the Leeds yeah. games didn't get through um, we had a goal oh. with Leicester they didn't get up oh were they in the playoffs yeah. oh would it have been the Deeney time would he, was he there then probably yeah around yeah. then then um, he got up automatically with yeah. Leicester but not through the playoffs yeah he's got about 20 goals that season yeah. didn't he then there's been a couple of times him and Vardy actually yeah a couple of times with Derby you know, he, he didn't get yeah. up, you know, so, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. With, uh, he was there with Frank Lampard, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, Just before yeah. he came to Well, his last, game at North, his last game for Derby was against Leeds in the, the first leg where yeah. Leeds beat him at Derby, didn't they? And mm. then and then Derby went in the second leg with stopped, a little spy gate and things crying. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and won, and then, you know... Um, you know, Derby ended up in the final, but we got beat. So uh, yeah. my my favourite thing of fans coming back. It's not football. Mm. Uh, you might have seen this. The the rugby. Mm. Uh, Warrington twenty nil down at half time and booed off by their own fans on the first night back. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's why you need fans back. Yeah, I love it. Just Fourteen months without a game and they get yeah. booed off. Watching the cup final and watching the playoffs, it was just great. I know, like it was limited numbers, but it was great to see, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, sort of some noise, some proper crowd noise. An absolute proper. screamer to win it, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh the cup word. final. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. yeah. What a goal. Yeah, but it was it's, it's great to see fans there, you know. And yeah. we've, we've missed them. And now now they're back. Let's keep them back. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's not, huge yeah, yeah. That's not getting, that's not, that's open not spaces. worry too much. Of course yeah. there are, you know, we're outside, you know. Yeah. Like, now they're back in. Yeah. Keep them in. Yeah, you know, so. I agree. But I think, Dave, that's about us yeah. for this week. Yeah. Um, all that's left to say is uh, make sure to keep in touch with us on Twitter at Tom Sandals at Seds underscore LEP and at LEP underscore football go to www.lep.co.uk for all the North End stories every day and there's also North End stuff in the paper every day um, but other than that Dave I think we just got to say thank you very much to everyone for listening thank you <laughs>